When you live to ticket before you kick it, it's pretty important that you power your adventure with the right nutrition. Not just when you decide to take on the biggest physical and mental challenge of your life, like I did retracing the 1928 Tour de France, but also as a part of everyday living. Working overtime on a double shift, running the kids all over town to their sporting events, adding a few extra miles to your weekly hike, or getting sleep deprived with a hectic travel schedule. I'm proud to announce Bucket Nutrition is now an official sponsor of our podcast and just for you, giving a 10% discount on all Bucket Nutritional products. Go to Amazon.com and use promo code Bucket10, that's Bucket with an IT, 10, for a 10% discount on Bucket Nutritional products. Great tasting, high performance nutrition to help you take it before you kick it. I want to tell you about a new television project that I'm working on right now, which is called Tough as Nails. It was inspired by my grandfather, who had to leave school at 13 and I started working. He was originally a bike mechanic and became a mechanic, then an aero mechanic in World War II, then a gunsmith and an inventor. And I had the honor of being able to work with him during my school holidays. And I didn't realize at the time just how valuable that time with him was. He's the one that taught me how to back up a trailer, how to use a lathe, and how to do a job properly. I remember him always saying, you prepare for the job, you get the right tools for the job, and then when you're finished, you clean up so you're ready for the next job. Really simple principles in how to do jobs properly but they've stuck with me to this day. And after he passed away, I inherited some of his tools, screwdrivers and spanners, hammers, tools that he re-engineered so he could redo the handle so they fitted his hand perfectly. And just because of genetics, my hand happens to be similar to his. And so I love doing odd jobs at home and thinking that the tools that I'm working with are the tools that he worked with. And some of them I remember him working with. And I'm nostalgic, obviously, but I, I just love that. And I respected him so much. And my other grandfather was a, a, a carpenter, really skilled carpenter and joiner. And all in my family, they're all working class people who are all really good working with their hands, coal miners, carpenters, builders. I have an uncle who is a train engineer and he can do anything. Um, he was an arm wrestling champion at one point as well. But so I just feel like we've got away from celebrating those people that I grew up really um, admiring. I feel like it's, it's all now about, well, if you want to have a a fulfilling life. You've got to go to university and you've got to get a four-year degree. I think education is amazing and it's empowering and it it's helped so many people create a better life for themselves. But I also think that there are options for some kids to not go to university and not leave with debt, which so many are right now, and who are struggling to find work and where they could learn a trade and make a really good living and feel like they're really contributing to society, uh, do jobs that are really fulfilling. 
I read somewhere the other day that there's something like six million vacant jobs in America that are not filled because there aren't enough skilled trade workers to do the jobs. And so I just like the idea that maybe we celebrate some of these people that keep this country going. People who sweat on factory floors instead of gym floors, people who wear work boots instead of workout shoes, people who punch time cards instead of swiping gym cards. That's what Tough as Nails is all about. So the person who helped me understand what it means to be as tough as nails is my dad. So I'm going to attempt to call my mom and dad on Skype, which I have not done before. Could be an adventure, but I'm hoping I'll connect with my dad and have a little chat to him about what it means to be as tough as nails. I knew I couldn't go back. Is your you just wife. put it out there. She said you've got less than a year to just live. Even Luck is the residue of design. Nobody else was doing it, so I could not. That was the turning point. Welcome to the Bucket Podcast with Phil Cogan. Every week I talk to mavericks, disruptors, and innovators. People who ditch the excuses, swerve off the predictable road, and epitomize what it means to tick it before you kick it. Can you pan a little bit to the left, to the right, Mum, so I can see this? What do I do? Uh, okay, try on the top right, Mum. See where there's a little video camera? Yeah. Click on that. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. You could help a lot of people. Ah, <laughs> I, could be a, I could, could be a computer technician. You could indeed. Mm. Yes, you could. Uh, all right. All right, Mom. so I'll get you dead now. Yep, that'd be great, Mum. So, Dad, I was really keen to get you uh, on Skype, <laughs> thanks to Mum, because I wanted to talk about this new show that I'm doing here in the United States called Tough as Nails, because it was really inspired by Granddad. And I wanted to talk about what Tough as Nails means to you. It means to me um, being uh, physically able to um, achieve um tasks um a wide range of tasks some of which require a great deal of strength others which require a, a great deal of dexterity and i grew up in that sort of environment where there were uh, coal miners a coal miner lived next door hewing coal required a great deal of uh, fitness and, and physical strength uh, and at the other extreme would be someone like uh, your granddad, Kogan, who required tremendous manual dexterity uh, as a motor mechanic, as an aero mechanic in World War II, uh, as a gunsmith. His gunsmithing in particular required meticulous uh, uh, motor skills, uh, manual skills. So there's, there's a great deal of extreme, and we grew up in an environment where all, those, all that wide, wide spectrum uh, of uh, manual skills were required to make a living. What do you think about, Dad, the idea of celebrating people who have calluses on their hands, like my uncle Jim Ray, who can do pretty much anything. I mean, he could fix pretty much anything. Uh, and and acknowledging them. We seem to have got away from the idea of, uh, I, I guess it's, uh, if you want to be a, a contributor to society, a lot of times 
people say you need to go to university, you need to get a four-year degree, and, and then you can create a better life for yourself. What do you think we, about we, the idea? We've, we've got completely out of balance. Um, several years ago, I spoke at the, re the reunion of our uh, high school. It's now called Buller High School. When your mum and I were there, it was Westport Technical College. It had a woodwork course. It had an engineering course, a home science course, and a commercial course. Now, I guess one could say, well, look, so many of our classmates left school at 15. Some of them went directly into the coal mines or working in sawmills, but many of them went into apprenticeships. We had a wonderful apprenticeship system. We trained plumbers, electricians, motor mechanics, and the, they did particularly well, often went out and, and worked in their own, developed their own businesses. And I said, when I spoke, I said, look, they didn't stop their education. They had continuing education. They learned on the job. They did courses. They had to get through their apprenticeships. Now, your granddad, Kogan, taught apprentices for 22 years at night class every Wednesday night. Your granddad, Hale, had apprentices in his joinery factory. Your granddad, Kogan, was training also his apprentices on the job as a, a, a motor mechanics garage. So um, we've got things out of balance, and many of those who are getting um, university education would, would definitely be better off uh, for society's sake and financially as well uh, to, to train in the trades. And, of course, the trades now often require a great deal of technical uh, skills as well. I mean, you can't repair a car these days without using a computer control. Right. Yeah. So things have changed so much, Dad. And I think one of the things that we really want to celebrate is that those people who take great pride in being physically fit for being able to do their job, people that climb up into construction sites and they're on point and they're balancing on a beam high up in the sky and they have to, they're the guy that or the woman that has to put the bolt into the steel beam to join it all together, or people who are physically active on, on farms, and one day they're welding, and another day they're shearing, and another day they're fixing the tractor, and then they're fixing the fence line. They're people who are Jack and Jills of all trades, and out of that you get these very hardened individuals who are as tough as nails, and I know you've met a few of them. <laughs> uh, well, yes, I, I worked for a sawmilling firm whenever I had the chance Chance and holiday time. I worked on the breaking down bench where the logs were first of all um, cut into flitches prior to the sawyer making decisions on four by twos and three by twos. And one of the jobs there uh, was the um, what they call the tailing out guy, the guy that fed the the timber back to the um, the, the sawyer who made the decisions on on the actual uh, caliber of of the, uh, the the timber. I also worked in in the uh, forest, in the native forest, driving in wedges for a bushman one summer. Um, and those bushmen had to work in pretty difficult conditions. 
But perhaps the most demanding part of uh, man-made forestry, which is becoming increasingly important in terms of uh, re uh, reducing carbon dioxide levels, uh, trying to get to uh, carbon zero, a carbon zero uh, approach, is the actual planting of forests, and that requires enormous uh, uh, physical effort. And uh, Pacific Islanders, for example, are so important in New Zealand in planting our new forests because it, it, it is so, so demanding physically. So these, these are men that are physically hardened. And women. And women, and women, and, and women. In New Zealand, there are women shearers who are very, very good. There are women farmers. There are women who can do fencing. Fencing is another demanding task in the farming industry. And often uh, on, the, on farms, the farmer brings in a fencing gang. He brings in a shearing gang to shear his sheep. He brings in a fencing gang to do fencing. And you can imagine putting up fences in difficult, steep hill country is, is very, very demanding. Well, Dad, I just got back from a six-city tour going across America. I went to St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit, New York, Cincinnati, and then we ended up in Vegas. We're going to do another casting uh, event in Los Angeles. And one of the reasons that I went out on the road was I wanted to meet people face to face and I wanted to shake their hands, feel the calluses on their hands and look them in the eye and hear their stories and have them tell me what made them tough. And first of all, the thing that really got me was just how humble so many of them are. But I think it was the mental toughness that impressed me the most, that they all had this tremendous drive to get up every day and go and put in a really hard day's work, come home completely and utterly exhausted and spent from working all day every day. And those are the people that we want to put a spotlight on. And as much as we're all impressed by athletes who get a chance to shine on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on the stage, on the, on the field, there's so many people that have incredible physical and, and mental strengths that you just don't see because they're in a forest somewhere or they're up on top of a building or they're underground. And those are the people that we're, we're trying to find as we travel across the country. Yes, and I think um, when we talk about athletes, uh, our top shearers, both men and women in this country, are some of the finest athletes we have. And they even compete uh, they compete against Australian shearers. So as well as their everyday job, just like professional athletes, they, they compete in, in that area. And, and also the, the wood chopping events as well. We have test matches against Australian uh, wood, uh, woodsmen as well, wood choppers. Uh, but I think the other thing is that we need to be aware of the fact that quite a lot of the physical jobs they do are starting to disappear and um, we need to be aware of that and um, I think society needs to take that into account 
uh, if you look at, say, the shipbuilding industry on the Clyde in Scotland, what is there now? It's, it's virtually disappeared. And so in, in our different countries, we have a number of, of these areas that are no longer as prominent as they were. And I think when it comes to, uh, you know, how much longer are we going to continue to dig out coal? Yeah. Um, of course, which is highly mechanized now anyway. But a number of those industries are, are um, declining yeah. uh, in the world. Yeah, but there's, there's still people dead that are doing the hard yards, the, the ones that are getting up every day to make sure the cows get milked and the guys who are the, the iron workers and people who are carpenters and people are heading underground to make sure the pipes are cleared and the, the sewage is still flowing. There's, there's still a lot of those, those jobs out there. And there are, still, there, there are all these vacant jobs in this country where they can't find skilled tradespeople. So we still need these people because they're the ones that allow us to flick the light switches on and flush oh, the toilet. Absolutely. I mean, you imagine some of the plumbing jobs. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're difficult. You imagine um, upgrading a plumbing system in a house where people, where plumbers have to crawl under the house. Yeah. You know, upgrading sewage systems. Yeah, tremendously and, and difficult. So on, upgrading... Um, electrical systems in, in homes and buildings. Well, I met a couple of... Um, installation of, of air conditioning and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I met a couple of linemen, Dad, and they were telling me how proud they were to be able to go out in a storm and get the electricity running again and the, the pride that they felt when a, uh, an elderly person would invite them into the house after the power went back on because they were freezing uh, to have a cup of coffee in the middle of the night. And Yes, they're fantastic people, um, following storms and so on, following fires that destroy um, parts of, of systems. Look at firemen, firewomen. Yeah. There are so many more women now who are even leading uh, uh, fire groups, fire control groups, um, and they push themselves to exhaustion. They're doing that in California in the fires. They're doing that in Australia now. And and there are fire people getting injured in Australia with the, with the fires at present. Um, it, we, we had a big fire up in Auckland recently, and and a lot of the firemen have had the after effects of, of even though they were well equipped and well, um, they they had good equipment on, including breathing gear and so on. A number of them were unwell afterwards, as well as exhausted. And um, then the other thing is, these are the people that go out after big road accidents. Yep. They have to cut people out of cars and so on. And we have a strong volunteer component of our fire service. Yeah, and Dad, um, we've, we saw that here in California and with the, the firefighters who went out. And, and, and I, that's really where I feel that there's a great opportunity for us to shine the spotlight on them for a change rather than just somebody who is physically gifted to be able to do a sport or 
to run over an obstacle course, but for us to be able to highlight, uh, I've met a 62-year-old roofer the other day, Dad, in, in St. Louis. He's a grandfather. Um, he's about six foot three, 215 pounds, just this unbelievably strong man with hands the size of dinner plates with, you know, hands got a bit of damage from years and years of work, but he's found a way to use his skills to be able to continue to compete with 25 year old guys that are coming into the roofing business and proudly so he says you know i know how to work uh, that's a wonderful example i i know how to work smarter instead of harder and that's how i work i and and i i remember coming home once and uh my brother your other son andrew we were watching you work with one of your your manual plows and uh it wasn't necessarily that you were so much stronger than us but you had years of life skills to be able to use this hand plow and 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 those life skills that you had that you were able to do it better than us and and that's what we want to to accentuate and to celebrate is people who are really good with their hands they're just and the good technique and and good at pacing themselves and well and let me tell you phil you couldn't get a better um thing to show uh, in, in, in a program like yours, then um, firemen, firewomen, uh, carrying out a competition yeah. against another team. Yeah. And I tell you, that, uh, they train and train. Yeah. And I was working, doing some volunteer work, landscaping work down at Dunsandal a few years back. And the guy that was helping me was a volunteer fireman, and he was training so that he could compete in the, the run with with all this gear on his back up the Sky Tower in Auckland. Yeah. And they have competitions. Yeah. So it's 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 competitive and it requires tremendous um, stamina. Yeah. And they they're constantly preparing so when there is a fire they've got the the stamina and the skills to yeah. to do the best job possible. Yeah. And going on. That would be a wonderful competition. Well I I, I love the pride that everybody we met has in staying in the, in top physical condition to be able to do their job and to do it well. And just the physicality of the jobs that they do keeps them in such phenomenal shape. A lot of them are too tired dead at the end of the day to go to the gym because they've just put in 10, 12 hours of hard physical labor. The last thing I want to do is go to a gym and just, pump some weights. Um, well, well, if you look in my diary, Phil, uh, I might go to the gym on one particular day, but if I have another day in the garden and doing a lot of hoeing, push hoeing, then I just put in my diary, um, gardening equals workout. Yep. And, and you can be so, you can do so much physical work, trimming a hedge or digging a garden, um, weeding with a with a hoe, push hoe, um, and it's 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 a good it's good exercise, and it achieves something. If, you know, if you don't want to use chemicals for weed control, then you can use make a workout out of it. <laughs> you know all about the wheel hoe that I introduced you to. Yeah, Planet Junior, going back more than a hundred years in the U.S. Planet Junior gear. Yeah. 
Well, Dad, look, I, I really appreciate you taking some time to uh, talk to me about what Tough as Nails is, which is real people in real life who are real tough. And some of the people that we have competing are not necessarily going to look like they're ready for the cover of a magazine. But uh, what we know is they've got strength, endurance, agility, mental toughness, and then they have these life skills uh, that they've gotten from years of working on a job and knowing how to do a job. And they're the people that turn up super early and, and get the job done and go and do those jobs every day. A great opportunity to not only profile uh, their their toughness, but the fact that they're so important in society, and that people like them should continue to be important. The other thing that's happening now, Dad, is that there's a lot more uh, emphasis at at school for kids to think about getting into the trades. Where, as you said, they can get really good paying jobs. They can learn a real skill that makes them incredibly valuable to society, where it's really uh, fulfilling. And I hope that out of this, people will have a new appreciation for somebody that comes to the house and does a really nice job when they do, when they fix the plumbing, or if they come in to do a little uh, joinery work, or they come to do some tiling or you're driving past somebody working on the road and you see them working on fixing something or balancing high up on a building that we'll all look up and we'll all appreciate those people who are prepared to do those jobs every day just so that we can have the lifestyle that we are lucky enough to enjoy. Sometimes in difficult weather conditions, for example. Yeah, very difficult. Yeah. Well, Dad, thank you. I really appreciate it. We're going to get to work and find the right people uh, and hopefully make a really successful show and celebrate hardworking men and women here in the United States. And then maybe one day we can do the show down in New Zealand as well. I think that sounds fantastic. And uh, I, I think the whole concept is wonderful. Uh, I, ha- I, I know you'll get the best out of them. You'll make them feel good about what they're doing uh, for the program. That's so important. And they'll spread the word yep. uh, as well. And, uh, I, you know, I just hope it rates really well and, and yeah. people can change attitudes as well. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, Dad. High ratings and changing attitudes. And I think right now it's a very good time for something like this to be happening. Um, yeah, I hope they get a real joy out of being in the program. Yeah, me too. Uh, the fact that you've chosen them and, and that you believe that what, what they can do is, uh, uh, is, is worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, and perhaps some of them will, will say a little bit about what they, what they do uh, day by day. Yeah. Uh, it will be great promotion. Dad, thanks for taking some time. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. I'll, I'll call you and mum soon. Are you still doing your 100 push-ups a day? Still doing my 100 push-ups every day. And I've, I, today I've done 120 because I worked out early this morning. Fantastic. Have you Keep done your workout today, Dad? I'm still doing push-ups. All right. Okay. Love you, Phil. Love you, Dad. And lo- love you, Louise. <laughs> Bye. 
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. To see more great interviews, go to philcogan.com and subscribe to Bucket with Phil Kogan wherever you get your podcasts. Please consider rating and reviewing us and follow Bucket, that's Bucket with an I-T, on Instagram and Facebook. Also, follow me on Twitter at Phil Kogan. Today's podcast proudly brought to you by Bucket Nutrition. Great tasting, high performance nutrition to power your adventure. Don't forget to go to Amazon.com, search for Bucket Nutrition, and use promo code Bucket10, that's Bucket with an IT, and you'll get a 10% discount on all Bucket Nutritional products. Just wait until you try the Bucket Booster with Manuka Honey.